0: Learn the backstories of your favorite ballers and celebrities like Jamal Murray. Did you have, like, a favorite team? Was it the Raptors at the time or no? Was the Raptors even started around that time? Come on, bro. I ain't that old, fam. <laughs> you talking like I'm 50. Taylor Rooks, Asia Wilson, and many more. You won't want to miss this. Listen to The Do Zone with Drewski on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever you listen to podcasts.
1: Hi, Blue Wire listeners. I'm Greg Olson. I'm excited to partner with Blue Wire to bring you TE1 a podcast where I interview the tight ends who have revolutionized the position. Listen in as I have raw, in-depth conversations with the all-time greats like Shannon Sharp, Tony Gonzalez, Travis Kelsey, and George Kittle. We'll explore how the tight end position has changed over the last 60 years and what it takes to be the very best. Subscribe to TE1 from Blue Wire Studios today so you're ready for the August premiere. What's up, guys? Welcome into another edition of Bogey Free. I'm your host, Matt Jones. You can find me on Twitter at Matt Jones TFR. And I am being joined, as per usual, by Evan, who is apparently sitting in a hole as we speak. Uh, you, that's, you can, that's the
2: life. <laughs> it's always
1: the life. You can you can find him on Twitter at eChaney69. What's uh what's up, Ev? How are we doing?
2: So this is me just sitting straight up. You know, and, and everything just
1: under under your bunk bed. Under my for, bunk bed. Yes. For for those of you listening to this on Wednesday <laughs> morning, uh, this is this is part of the stream right now, and uh, yeah, it it looks like I am like six foot seven compared to Evan in the uh, in the two boxes. So,
2: <laughs> yeah, this is bad. This is very bad for the for the brand. But um, no, I'm excited for this week. I I see I see a magical name on our buy or sell list here that I'm very excited to talk about. And, you know, things happened last week on the golf course. They things didn't did end. They didn't end profitable for me, but you know, it happens. Yeah. I, right?
1: I'm, I, I decided to do a little bit of an experiment and, uh, and go a hundred percent on four golfers, uh, or I'm sorry, a hundred percent on three golfers and 99% on a fourth. And, it uh it did not it did not go well. Uh Fleetwood being one of them, Gordon being the other. So the but the interesting thing was I had I think forty-nine four of sixes. So like it it just it I would have been on an island somewhere with all that mini max cash if uh if Fleetwood and Gordon could have made the cut, but clearly clearly it wasn't meant to be.
2: Speaking of Will Gordon, um Anti, not friend of the show. One who's famous for bicycle helmets. Oh God! Won't name names, but he got he got some clout from uh, Barstool. I don't know if you saw that. And then because they, I guess they do like a video segment where they get an audience members' video about with their with their betting picks. He went on the limb and picked uh, Will Gordon.
1: So you and him, you and our boy. I mean, had had I known that. Uh, my, my exposures would have been, would have been very yeah. different. <laughs> all right, let's move on. Um, just, that's,
2: that's a thought I had. That's
1: all. Yeah, that is a, that is a uh, group of thoughts. All right. Yes. Um, before, before we jump in to, uh, the rest of the show, I just want to remind you guys that you can, uh, get a special discount by putting in code bogey free when you sign up over at Rotoviz. Uh, you get access to all of the tools and the content, the model, the ownership projections, all that good stuff. Um, so make sure you are, uh, if you are not already subscribed, then you want to give it a test run. Make sure you use the code so that you get a little uh, couple bucks off. Um, all right, so we have our uh, good old good old buy or sell section here. Uh, we're going to start off with Patrick Reed. He is $8,800. Um, currently I believe the number one tagged, uh, golfer on FanShare, if I'm not mistaken, um, or at least was the, the last time I checked. So what's, uh, what are, what are we doing with, with Mr. Reed here? Well, I
2: mean, look, he did well his last time out at the Memorial. Um, fits very well here overall just his game shapes well the best excuse me best part of his game uh right now for me is his approach no is it yes kind of um i was looking at different numbers but i mean he has a strong approach game when he wants to you know be good right i mean (laughs) he did well it's very strong very strong take on my part um i mean he only gained half a stroke on a pro no actually he lost seven tenths of a stroke but the rest of his game all around was sharp when he came in tenth at the memorial a couple weeks back so
1: yeah and and I at, on that at um at the memorial on Sunday uh pre pre the weather delay he was just completely on fire like he was he was in a tie for a second at one point. Yeah. I think over the last four holes he played like three or four over. Once the rain delay uh, ended. So um, it, I mean, you could take that for what it's worth. It's, it's probably, I'm leaning more towards that's like kind of, you know, narrative bullshit and not as much something that you can like say is totally predictive. Um, But if, if that did click and he comes out striking the ball uh, like he did on Sunday at the Memorial, then it would be it would be very hard not to um not to see a a decent outcome for him uh and 8800 i think he's like fifth in the world right now 8800 seems maybe like a like a little bit of an under uh, underprice for him uh obviously a very strong field um at the top but you know you could you could probably make an argument that he could be <clears throat> i don't know at least in like the like definitely more than DJ. Like DJ hasn't uh, hasn't played four rounds in a row since he won like a month ago, um, and has been playing much like much like I do. So yeah, his price
2: plummeted. I mean, I guess we could talk about DJ later, but like his price plummeted.
1: Yes, and yeah. I mean, probably rightfully so. Um. Yeah. But yeah, no, I I think that I think Reed for me, I think I'm probably willing, uh, depending on where his ownership comes in. I think I I have him right around like 16 percent right now. Um, He will that will probably maybe trend towards like 18 to 20, Uh, obviously in a in a short field like this, um, you know, the the actual raw numbers of ownership are always going to be a little bit higher than they would in a typical week, just because there's not as many places as many guys that could be owned right so you have to figure um he seems like a guy who I'm willing to probably match ownership on uh maybe go slightly underweight you know maybe like three quarters of his ownership or something like that um but I, I think that I think that that's fine I don't I don't really see myself going crazy on him unless something just like jumps out at me uh you know out of nowhere yeah, now if you
2: really want someone that I have a more positive opinion on, because there are issues with Reed right now. I mean, there are issues that could prevent him from paying off his eighty eight hundred dollar price tag on DraftKings. We could talk about the ninety eight hundred dollar Xander Shoffley, who at least to me seems a little sharper all around. I mean, not just not just the approach game, which is better. I mean, in his last two tournaments that he's played, he's gained, what, 9.7 strokes on approach? Right. On You know, to for a 14th at the workday, a 13th at the memorial. Um, at this salary, you might need him to top 10, possibly. Does, I mean, do you? I don't know. But I think he could even do that, right? Because even that memorial performance, it was so strong. It was a 13th-place finish. But he lost five strokes putting, and obviously we yeah. you know we like to talk about how putting is kind of random, if you know, for lack of a better term. And the week before that, right when he came 14th at the workday, he gained six strokes putting. Right, right. So it's like these extreme. The,
1: just want to point out that's yeah. the. These
2: the, the extreme, extremes, same right? Court, I mean, he hit so. he hit the literal floor and ceiling of. Oh
1: yeah, no. I was. I just wanted to point out that it was the uh, the same exact course. Um, yeah. I just, mean, just ran. You know, just course history. I, no, I. I'm not because of that. I'm just saying it's. Uh, it was the same exact course. Yeah. Um, so I
2: guess take that for it. But either way, the approach so game yeah. was strong both weeks, and we should like it because of it.
1: Yeah. No. I mean, he he's striking the ball like crazy. Uh, he really. I mean, what did he finish? I think in the top five. Um, at the at the Charles Schwab, then uh, just kind of tanked at Harbortown and has played you know perfectly fine since then. And like you say, you know, a a thirteenth place finish, uh, in general in the Memorial Field is probably you know that field was probably around as as strong as this one is at least at the top. And then you figure you add on top of that the fact that there's no cut, and I know our a uh, friend of the show nagel's bagels uh, was tweeting about this earlier but um there's also this narrative around Shoffley uh that it's you know he he really thrives in these no cut events i think 3 of his uh 3 of his 4 wins have come uh in no cut events whether it was what east lake uh, tournament yeah, so of champions it, and it, another wgc so
2: wgc in October of uh, October of 2018 and then the tour championship. Right. I was just so, see
1: them. so yeah, I mean, I, I think, you know, I, I just like to, uh, I like to have a little fun, uh, with our friend Nagel, but, um, I do, I do think that he, Xander is the type of golfer, uh, who can obviously put birdies together and, um, has, has just shown that he, he shows up in majors, right? Like he, he's just one of those guys that, uh, that plays well in strong fields, whether that's a coincidence and it's just a narrative or whether that's predictive. uh, We probably need more of a sample specifically from him to, to determine that. But so far in his career, that's what he's done. And uh, I don't really, you know, with, with the way that he's striking the ball, I don't really see a reason why uh, that couldn't continue this week. So for, for me personally, I am uh, I'm definitely going to be, uh, a little bit overweight on him. I haven't really figured out, you know, dialed in exactly what the, what my exposure will be, but I wouldn't be surprised if I end up like doubling the field uh, with Xander this week. I had, uh, you know, Eric Patterson on the show last night, uh, just talking about general golf betting stuff. And we talked about, um, you know, how much, how much upside Xander has. And I think that, uh, you know, it's not a secret at this point, but um you know, I don't. I don't think anybody would be shocked if he won this week.
2: Yeah, I mean he's he's got it every week that he shows up. So I mean, I wouldn't fault you for for rostering him this week. But what about my man Chase?
1: Here we go. Reed, six
2: thousand seven hundred on on DraftKings this week. His last two tournaments were also the Workday Open and the Memorial. 17th and 22nd in those fields. Uh, the approach, and I only talk about approach game here because if you look at data golf, when you when you look at um, their course fit tool and you look at TPC Southwind, um, the the approach game drives like 90-ish percent of the variance in how a golfer performs, which yes, approach is always going to be important, but like it's more important here are a lot of other courses, right? So that's why I keep talking about it. Now, at the at at those last two events I just talked about for Ches, gains two point three on approach, gains one point three strokes on approach, does fine. Um, you know, if we look at everyone in this field, and we compare all their their last fifty rounds or whatever, you know, whatever the closest number they have to that is, Ches is twentieth in the field on approach. Um, Obviously, he struggles off the tee, has his putting issues, real bad putting issues, if you will. Um, but I, I I like him on one hand, yes, but I don't know it. I'm struggling on him only because if he's gonna be chalky, right? Because is this where people want to go? Is this like where where the masses are going? For a lower or for a lower priced play,
1: um, yeah, I mean for for whatever you know, whatever that ends up being when when somebody's that cheap, I I have them probably around like twelve to fourteen percent, but that's also uh, yeah. again inflated. That's not that's not twelve or fourteen percent in a regular week, um, because it's you know no cut, etc. Um, I, I
2: get a ton of birdies, which you know, take that for what it is, but I do think he'll perform solidly.
1: Yeah. So I, uh, we're, I'm working on rolling out this app, uh, over at road hopefully for next week. And you've probably seen, uh, if you're, if you follow me on Twitter and you've probably seen me, uh, tweeting these, you know, these visuals out, I don't know how clearly this, uh, this comes through, but basically what we're looking at here. Is uh, chess versus the rest of the range, and it's like it's very clear that um, that he has a, a better range of outcomes than most of the guys who yeah. are around him in price. Um, so I, I think that you could, I think you could definitely do worse than Chez. Um I do think, for me personally, the way that I've been playing uh, and you know dialing in my exposures, I feel like the the idea would be you should either uh, you know go go super heavy on him um, or just really really consider just like an, a complete fade, um, especially at that price. I, I do think that there we'll talk about a couple of guys around him that I think yeah. are fine options too, but uh, it, I think I think you probably have to take a stand on the cheaper truck in weeks uh, with with no cut and uh, he's shaping up to be that. So yeah. Fair enough. I wanna remind you guys about our sponsor, DealDash. Have you ever heard of DealDash.com? It's the best, most honest bidding site where you can win things you'd never expect at a price you'd never believe. They have over 1,000 auctions every day on electronics, appliances, beauty products, home decor, and even cars. Here's how it works. It's like an auction. But every item starts at $0 and only goes up one cent every time you bid. The kicker is that the auction clock restarts after just 10 seconds. That means every time you bid, everyone else has 10 seconds to answer or the item is yours. If you go ahead and buy now, deal dash is offering our listeners an extra 100 free bids upon sign up on top of their other discounts. So go to deal dash.com, use the offer code Rotoviz or deal dash.fm slash rotoviz. That's D E A L D A S H dot F M slash RotoViz. The other site I want to remind you guys about is Bet Online. Sports are coming back, and so are your chances to bet on your favorite teams and events. Major League Baseball has finally kicked off this week, and there's no better place to start wagering than our exclusive partners, Bet Online. Check out all the odds, futures, and props to bet on, all available 24 7. With the return of sports, Bet Online sat down with former pro players Eddie George, Harold Reynolds, and seven-time NBA champ Robert Ory. See what they had to say on what it'll be like playing without fans in a series they're calling Fandemic. Visit BetOnline.ag for all your odds and up-to-date sports news. Remember to use promo code BLUEWIRE to receive your new welcome bonus. That's promo code BLUEWIRE, all one word. Bet online, your online wagering experts. Let's talk let's talk this matchup because I think this is I think this is super interesting. Um the the matchups in general uh across across all books obviously including bet online are uh are very interesting up at the top. We've seen a lot of line movement in uh any any of the head to heads involving Bryson or Rom, uh or Rory or JT. Uh so this one This one sort of jumped out to me. We have Rory at minus one twelve uh versus JT at minus one oh eight. So pretty uh pretty close odds wise. And we can't we cannot just lean on the uh just take the just take the plus odds guy. So uh (laughs) where we where are we going with uh with these two? And I'll I'll show the range of outcomes up up here on the uh on the stream from the Yeah.
2: So the only reason why I prefer Justin Thomas here, he has had two of his best strokes gained approach performances in his recorded career, you know, whatever Fantasy National records, um, since the return of golf, right? He has put up, what did he do? At at the Workday Charity Open, He he gained almost nine strokes on approach. And what, Charles Schwab, he gained seven, right? So he is definitely coming into this one much better than Rory is, which is why I definitely prefer JT over McIlroy. Not that I would fault you for going McIlroy, but it's like he was on fire before the shutdown, right? Because he was just doing so well every week. He came out from the Tour Championship all the way to the Arnold Palmer. Um, top five finishes every time, right? But since it came back, right, 32nd at Charles Schwab, 41st at RBC, 11th at the Travelers, fine, right? 32nd at the Memorial. I I don't, you know, I I really prefer leaning on recent form and and good recent form, and Justin Thomas has that over Rory.
1: And even that, yeah. even the the traveler's performance, like yeah, he finished eleventh, but he actually lost strokes on approach, yeah, um, which is obviously obviously a little bit concerning. And then at the memorial, uh, he literally could not figure out anything around the green. He lost five and a half strokes, over five and a half strokes, uh, just around the green at uh, at the memorial. So, um, the the simulator likes Rory. Uh, it, the, the actual thing that the simulator is built on, uh, pretty heavily weights the last hundred rounds, um, which sort of encompasses, uh, you know, I say, I say struggle, uh, in air quotes. Um, but Justin Thomas obviously went through, uh, the wrist injury last year, which the, you know, the simulator doesn't know. Um, so yeah, I mean, I, I think, at the end of the day, I would, I would also, I'd probably go against the, uh, the sim results there and and bet on JT just because, uh, you know, all the all the reasons that you listed, I, I definitely, I definitely lean in that direction um, as well.
2: Good stuff there. All right, let's um, let's talk some pivots. All right, um, I don't know why I said it like that. That was just do it. I sound like a dick. I just thought about let's I just do it all right it like, uh, um it's obviously hard not to go not to even like not to look at john rom not to consider him obviously he he recently won um people think about that and those two events were great approach events for him uh gain four strokes on approach at the workday five at the memorial Obviously, everything he had everything together that week. Gained what seventeen point six strokes total? It's nuts, right? But yeah. Oh god, that's not good. Um, paying eleven four for him. I don't know if a ton of people are going to do that. I you could tell me better, you know, because you have you have the ownership projections. Um, I don't think a ton of people are going to go here, even though he just won. So I I like that direction. And then trying to think. Obviously, we just talked about Justin Thomas. He makes for a solid DFS play. Um, And regrettably so, I also want to do – I also want to talk about some Colin Morikawa, only because – I mean, he's 9,500, which in a regular week, regular field, would seem really cheap, this field, you know. Not great, but, you know, whatever. But, you know, obviously he won the workday, right? But he came in 48th at the Memorial. But that was only because of a dreadful putting performance that, you know, even though he's not the greatest putter in the world, obviously, you know, it, it's not even – it's still not consistent with, you know, his his career averages there, right? Mm-hmm. That's even well below his career averages. So I he's definitely going to rebound from such a terrible putting performance. And the fact that he gained what, 14.3 strokes on approach in those two tournaments, he seems like he's in really good shape to do well here.
1: Yeah, I mean I I, I, I can't my I can't argue, cannot argue against Colin. Um yeah, as far as the as far as ownership goes, um I think that just looking back at other WGCs and, you know, the tour championship, um, it's it's sort of incredible how flat ownership ends up uh, at the top. I think people, I think it always looks like there's going to be, you know, somewhat of a concentration with, uh, you know, maybe two of the guys over 9,500. And then, um, you know, people people pivot and pick their, you know, their favorite non pop, quote unquote, non popular play, and everybody just kind of becomes popular at that point because yeah. it, it all kind of just lands between, like, you know, say, you know, 15 and 25 percent, um, where and most over 20 percent, uh, a lot of the times in, in this format. So, uh, I, I think personally, uh, I, web, I think is going to go, uh, the closest to, to under owned. Uh, as anybody in the in the top of the range and he's just been like he's just been super steady uh in general so going back to this time last year he's made 15 starts uh he obviously has two wins he has four other top three finishes on top of that and he's 13 of 15 in made cuts obviously we don't have to worry about the cut this week but uh you know there there's something to be said about being able to consistently make cuts and i think that there's Sort of a narrative around him that, uh, I don't know, maybe, maybe he, he isn't the most prolific, uh, DK scorer, but since the start of last year, he's sixth in DraftKings points, um, in this field. So, you know, he, he's no slouch, uh, in that. I think he has, I think he has a ton of win equity, um, con, you know, versus his ownership. And I think that he'll, uh, I, I think that he could very easily, um, end up in, I don't think there's a Millie maker this week, but the, you know, the big contest with, I think 500 K up top. Um, I would not be shocked if he was, if he was in that. And I I mentioned before that I want to get a a pretty big chunk of Xander too. And I think you could start, uh, you could start a pretty good lineup with the two of them and find, you know, guys in the 7,500 range, which is what you'd have left over for those four spots and feel pretty comfortable with your lineup.
2: Yeah, I want to ask you about one more guy before we go a little cheaper. What about Bryson? I mean, you know, obviously like this is going to be the first tournament he plays since his his 10 spot on on Friday at the Memorial. Um obviously that's going to be a rarity in his career, right? That's not going to be the norm, right? We know that he's a very good golfer. He's going to be a great golfer for a long time. Um how do you feel about him here? Cause I kinda wanna use him because people are just gonna be like, no. At least in my mind, right? Cause people might want to go to JT or Rom or even go a little further down with Simpson or even more Kawa. I don't know. But what what about an eleven thousand dollar Bryson?
1: Yeah, I mean I I think I think the price is probably right relative to his recent form. He I have him fifth in wins, um, from the, from the simulator, uh, which I guess kind of tracks, uh, you know, with his, with his actual price. I mean, I I really, I don't feel, I I don't feel strongly enough at 11 K to, to like truly go out of my way to make sure that he's in a ton of my lineups. Um, I'll definitely have some exposure to him, but I don't really, uh, I don't feel myself needing to, needing to prioritize him. I think that you can, um, you can make some very good, uh, you know, slightly more balanced lineups. And, um, if not, like, I feel like I would rather just find the 400 for, for ROM, uh, when, when push comes to shove or, you know, even the 200 for Rory.
2: Yeah. All right. Just want to see where your thoughts were there. How about we go down a bit? Um, you know like i said before dj's price dropped dramatically and i don't even think i want to play him there at 9300 right like the game just doesn't look good enough really at all yeah no, and um, there's other golfers with better recent form that i'd rather go with right
1: so i mean arguably everybody everybody in yeah. the field has better recent form than dj right now <laughs> Yeah. Depending on how you define recent form, if you're if you're going by the last three rounds, uh, I think that I think that you could probably scroll all the way down to Sean Norris and find uh and find better better recent form. Yeah,
2: you look at the back end of the field. There's a there's a lot of weird weird names there. But um, but anyway, yeah. I mean, like, who do you who do you really want here? Like the most? Because I know, I can look at some names here, and I could I could. Re- <coughs> You know, I can rattle and I, I can rattle some names off that like you know I want I would want these guys in my lineups um, right because decky if Decky ever learned how to putt, obviously you know I can sit here all day and just reminisce about things that are never gonna happen. but does have one of the stronger approach games in the field and you know just overall. and even though he has had his recent struggles, can come back to form, right? We can look at a guy like Tony Finow, who, you know, we saw him do well recently. Um, he's at 9,100. What about, I don't know, maybe even Gary Woodland?
1: He's yeah, I mean, it's it's exceedingly difficult to decide who not to play in a field like this, obviously, um, it, with with DJ being the lone exception. Um, <laughs> but I think that, I think now uh, has obviously been playing, uh, has been playing super well and could, uh, you know, find himself near the top of the leaderboard. I, I, I'm getting slightly concerned that this, uh, sort of allergy to, to Sundays and winning is, is becoming, you know, a thing that's, that's just sort of in the back of his mind. Uh, you know, again, not, not quantifiable, but I think that there's, uh, There's, you know, legit reasons to be a little concerned about uh, his mental game. Decky, I think, is right there. Like, I'm perfectly fine going back to Fleetwood. Um, You know, I I don't want to name everybody in the range, but I I think that I think at the end of the day, I'll probably uh, the the lineups that need this price point uh, that don't have Reed are going to be uh, with with Decky and Fleetwood.
2: Yeah, there's, I don't know. I can just look at a lot of names between 9500 There's a lot there, right? So, I don't know. Let's talk about let's talk about guys who are a little cheaper, right? Go to that 8500 range. And I don't know. You have you guys like answer at the top that I like. You, you know, you can you can make an argument for him because of the approach game. Um, you know, you got you have guys. What about Henrik Stenson? I mean, he's seventy six hundred
1: um i cannot i cannot imagine i know, ever I, know I
2: know it's not a name you want to click on or most people are going to want to click on
1: like i would because that's it's tilting however i mean the the only person that's less enticing than stenson in that range is probably kevin nah just from like a you know, there there's always a a real chance that one of those two are going to uh, to not finish not finish the week. Well, let me tell you something.
2: Let me tell you something. The last time he lost strokes on approach in a PGA event, what in a recorded PGA event, um, was February of last year at WGC Mexico.
1: Who's this now, Stenson? Yeah. Yeah, I mean.
2: That is the last time he lost strokes on approach.
1: Yeah, I mean the problem is like everything else, though, right? Yes, like,
2: everything else is a problem. However,
1: like, he's he's fully uh, fully broken with uh, the three wood. Uh, can't can't doesn't have a driver. Literally doesn't own one. Um, doesn't one. Short game is hit or miss. Like I don't know. I. I he just looks appealing to me in
2: that in that regard only, right? I don't. I mean, to...
1: I would much rather play Kucher. Yeah, at yeah, literally I mean, the could. same price.
2: You could, however, again, you know the the approach game with Mac. That's the only issue with him, though, is that the approach game is not good, or hasn't been good as of late. Could all turn around this week, though. I could be wrong, right? But that's just my thought there. I could also I also don't mind like Paul. Uh,
1: Paul
2: Casey's like, yeah, maybe a leashman at 77.
1: I mean, Paul, Paul Casey is, is like the, uh, this is the ultimate like troll win spot for him. Right.
2: Yeah. I like mean, if, if, if gonna... there was
1: ever a time it like this week, is it after, after being, you know, 7000% owned last week and just deciding that he doesn't know how to golf.
2: Yeah. Uh, and and people are going to be pissed off by the fact that he did that last week. And, they're and not they're, play
1: the best part is there's books like having you like lay 110 uh, for him against Spieth. Like, like, what are what are we doing like that? I don't know. Whatever. We're what a
2: really strange point in reality. I got to tell you.
1: Yeah. Well, yeah. Um,
2: for, I mean, for a variety of reasons, but like the golf reality, we are very strange.
1: And then, I mean, the the most important thing uh, that we really that we really just need to get out there is that it's Scotty Scheffler week. Um,
2: I could see him doing well. Yeah,
1: he uh, you know he he really struggled uh, in his few starts. I think two or three starts leading up to the Memorial. Um, but he, I, I think that he has. Uh, I think he has really, really good upside. Uh, you know, again, just relative to relative to the range that he finds himself in, um, he's 7,300. There's not, you know, it's a, it's a very stacked, uh, top heavy field, but I I think that there's, there's plenty of guys down here that don't really have a shot of doing much of anything. Um, and I think that he, you know, I'm showing, I'm showing the range of outcomes now uh he is like far and away my favorite play uh in this range
2: is that an aura shiny tool
1: it is coming to coming to a road of near you soon yes so yeah that's that's what it looks like uh you know just all from from wins uh to top 5s to top 10s to top 20s he just he just completely outperforms uh, the rest of the range. So, I will be playing a, a fair bit of Mr. Scheffler, and uh, you're not gonna you're not gonna talk me out of it.
2: I I don't plan on talking about it. You yeah, do I'm you. just letting you know. You do you. Um, I want to try and make a case for Corey Connors at 73. Um, the only reason I would do such a thing is because his approach game is really good. A lot of the time it's just everything else sucks.
1: Right. I would say Yeah, everything. I mean like his, around- his short game is Green. concerning.
2: Yeah, the short game is terrible. And that he loses a ton of strokes on on in a short game, right? He I mean, I'm looking at his, his at his sheet here, and it's like he could have done so much better at some of these tournaments if he had a short game, right? Like RBC he finished what 21st after gaining three strokes on approach, but even worse at the work day, he gains five strokes on approach, but finishes 39th because he loses a stroke and a half around the green and then loses two and a half strokes putting. Right. So it's like the short game's awful, but if
1: he ever figured out, we, you know, we, we joke about, we joke about Deki, but at least his around the green, at least Hideki's around the green game is like serviceable. like, Corey Connor's probably gains strokes around the green maybe maybe 40 percent of the time. Yeah no he like across his career
2: he hardly uh, does it.
1: He's, so I, I think that that I, I mean again I, I think he's one of those uh that is sort of like so like obviously he's he's an incredible ball striker like his irons are are crazy. But he's so reliant on that because when it goes wrong, like, you know, back at the Honda when he lost strokes on approach, he just has no shot. Like, if if he's losing strokes on approach, he is not getting up and down at even, like, uh, a basic, like, replacement level. uh, PGA Tour replacement level. You know what I mean? Like, there's there's just so much that can go wrong um, with him. Look, I mean, could he... Could he come out and gain, you know, six and a half strokes on approach, and be somewhat neutral around the green and putting, and finish like top twelve? Sure, but it, yeah, it, I, I'm I'm becoming uh, I'm becoming more and more frustrated with these guys that we love that that don't that don't putt and can't do anything but hit uh, their irons because it's just like. How many how many times do we have to play Luke list uh, before we before we learn this lesson? You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> it's just yeah. we we fall in love with one of these guys every couple of months. And, you know, obviously, Connors is is a bit of an outlier because he you know, he's actually like won a tournament um, compared to a lot of these guys. But like I said, when it when it goes wrong, it goes pretty wrong for him. Um, maybe getting four rounds is is helpful for him. Uh, just because you know he can he can make up for that, and we know that his ball striking probably regresses back towards the mean at some point. Um, but yeah, uh, like I think he's fine. But I'm definitely not prioritizing. Um, like definitely not going uh, going to put him over Scheffler in in a lineup.
2: Yeah, I mean, I'll throw some names out there. I mean, what about I don't know? You want to go with Shane Lowry? Is that a name that gets you going?
1: I mean Actually,
2: we could talk about there's two guys that are sixty eight hundred that I think are interesting. We could talk about Christian Ben Benzihout. <laughs> ben, I you know, or the Germans, the German names are are what they are. And then we can also talk about Eric Van Ruyen, who let everyone down last week being the, the mega chalk he misses the cut but I think his game his game fits well here right because he's so strong on approach because the tournament before last week right so tournament he played before last week so the memorial um he gained eight strokes on approach
1: yeah
2: right I mean he's gaining strokes on approach a lot 20
1: plays, right? Yeah, and I mean that it was I mean not not all of all of the miscut was blamed on that one hole, but he did have like what a quad or something. I think he had like an 8 on a par 4. Um
2: he had some really bad holes and that's what set him back.
1: Yeah. I, I mean, look, he he's another guy um that maybe maybe in you know 6 or 8 months we're looking back and we're like how like how did he ever how did he ever become so popular? Um, but you kind of know what you get with him, right? Like it's it when it's very good and locked in, he's he has extreme uh, scoring upside. And when he when it goes wrong for him, uh, some sort of similar. Uh, at least you know the the starts that he's had uh, stateside. It's sort of similar. To Corey Connors, like you, you can draw a pretty clear line between his uh, his strokes, gain short game stuff, and his uh, his finishing position. So, you know, yeah. was that
2: at the very least? Though I can go back to a somewhat recent Ruyan performance and say he at least had one, two tournaments really, where the short game was at least okay. Oh, right? for sure. WGC yeah. Mexico. He came in third, right? Gains 4.3 strokes around the green, four strokes, putting, uh, RBC heritage. He comes 21st, even, you know, more recent tournament, uh, gains a stroke around the green gains, half a stroke, putting, right? It's not great. Those heritage numbers, but it's better than what he did at rocket mortgage at Memorial even. And of
1: course, three, I'm open. Yeah, no, for sure. I, I and look, You know, for for that price, I I I think that he's I think that he's completely fine. We already talked about Chez Um, going down like literally all the way down to the bottom. um, I wrote up Tom Lewis also uh, for this week. I think he's he's another one of these examples of guys that are, you know, very boomer bust, but you're you're paying sixty two hundred for them and you're literally guaranteed uh you know unless he unless he gets the sniffles uh or you know like whatever test positive for for covid you're going to get four rounds out of him <clears throat> and if you if you put him in the lineup that I that I started talking about before where you have you know Xander and Webb uh you're back up to 8000 uh per slot for the last three uh spots in your lineup so i think that he uh I think that he's worth taking worth taking a flyer on for sure this week um as far as like the you know the the cheapest of cheap guys yeah I mean if you want to I, I don't
2: know are there there's names down here that are slightly more recognizable
1: um oh there's plenty of more yeah. recognizable names for sure
2: yeah I mean if you can go down, I don't know. Personally, I'd rather have Cheng Sung Pan
1: than Tom speaking, Lewis. I speaking understand. of which, we got a little uh, little comment there about about CT Pan as well. So, oh, yeah, some uh, some parallel thinking there. There you
2: go. I do like I do like CT Pan, um, just a little bit, right? Because the approach the approach has been like his results at workday memorial were not great right cuz he finished 48th and 44th but he gained what 12 almost 13 strokes on approach and i'm telling you the approach game works very well if you have a sharp if you have a sharp approach game you're doing well and ct pan has a sharp approach game am i going to say he wins no, I,
1: no you i'm gotta, not going to say he can't wins get back
2: I'm not gonna say he wins, but like, is a top twenty within the own possibility? Yes, and a top twenty even here at a no cut event at his price of what sixty one hundred. That'll be that'll definitely put him in the winning lineup.
1: Yeah, my 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 dad's in the chat as well, telling uh telling me to play CT Pan. So, um, yeah. I look. I I think as far as you know, under sixty five hundred dollar guys. I think that it's it's Lewis, it's him. Um, yeah, that's probably it. I, I don't really I don't want to talk about everybody. There's if if you listen to uh, lots of other shows, uh, you'll you'll be able to hear thoughts about every golfer in the field. But um, <clears throat> Well, you yeah. don't
2: want to talk about Jazz Jat and Netwood.
1: Jet Natwood? I am
2: <laughs> what a what a last name. How many letters are we talking here? Jazz, yeah, one, Jen, two, and Natwood—that is eight, not even—that
1: oh, is 11, not even Carl, remotely close.
2: A fifteen-letter last name. Jazz is good,
1: man. He uh
2: he's very good. He has—he's had some good tournaments. Don't be,
1: don't be a hater.
2: I would never be a hater. I'm just saying. Jazz, I'm just saying, Jen, and Natwood.
1: I—I really—I—I don't know that we can—that we can really say much more else on the show after that. I really—that—that uh, seems yeah. to be. That
2: seems to be the the timing for cash locks.
1: Yeah, yes, I would say so. Um, so i i will I will lead off. Obviously, um, I feel pretty strongly about web this week, so I am going there at ninety nine hundred. Um, so I had to. I had to dig. I had to dig a little. <laughs> yeah, my my tacos. It's the it's the Evan brand. It wouldn't. It
2: wouldn't be a bogey free podcast without. Not one but two mispronunciations.
1: I I really I wish I wish that the the people listening to this now could go back to like the first four or five episodes that we ever did where you just were not even close on like half of the names that you said.
2: (laughs) That's that's we live and we learn. That that is the that is the
1: goal. Um yeah, so so Web is definitely there. Um, you know, since I since I went a little more expensive. Then I typically like to, I'm going to, I'm going to go a little deep with Adam Hadwin at 7,200. The simulator really likes him. I know we haven't talked about him uh, throughout the show, but that's because I was just saving it unless you brought it up. He is, I I mean, you know, sort of modestly. He's, he has the 23rd most top fives uh, from the simulator, but he's 37th in salary. So um, <clears throat> a pretty decent discrepancy there. And I think that he, uh, you know, li- like, like we've said, uh, throughout the show, I think that, um, I'm, I'm sort of done leaning on the, the one trick pony guys. And I think that he has a solid, it's just sort of all around game, um, that can work here. So,
2: yeah. Yeah. So I'll take, I'll take, uh, I'll take more Akawa you know, balls on the table here just because i i mean like long term form wise he has the best approach game in this field right at least in my mind and then i'm going to just going to i'm going to i'm going to take chess cuz i know Chez will not blow the ball away right he's not going to he's not a he, he gets it on the fairway right and that's all i Chez that's all will i want not from
1: him. blow the ball away bad just
2: he'll 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 do that and the approach games there right and he's only 6700 i like him
1: <laughs> all right oh, you so... gotta you gotta stick to the brand we we got mispronunciations we got a reevee call um yeah i mean what what more could you possibly want out of out of a bogey free episode
2: exactly this is the this Isn't is the most it? bogey free of the bogey free podcasts.
1: This, this is living it right now. It's... All right. Let's uh <laughs> let's get out of here. Uh, I was going to mention the listener league, but it filled already. So if you didn't get in already, uh, you know, apologies. <laughs> Many apologies. We're,
2: gonna, we're giving Pat Mayo a run for his money.
1: Oh yeah. <laughs> um and other than that, uh make sure you're following both of us on Twitter. I'm at Matt Jones TFR. Evan is at eachaney69. And uh, good luck in your contest this week. We will talk soon. Take care.